Hello there, and welcome back to day four of the Daily Decluttering Challenge. This is Eleanor, and I'm here to guide you today. I wanted to talk to you quickly about a little overview so we can uh, just kind of refresh our minds about the things that we've been doing the last few days. If you'll recall, day two, we did our motivational statement. If you didn't do the exercise, maybe you were busy, maybe you caught the email when you were driving, and you didn't check back later to do it. Take a few seconds and get that done today. You really want to have that motivational statement because I really think it'll go a long way to help you stay on task as we finish the rest of the of this challenge for the next few days. So we want to, again, do the motivational statement. And I want to have you consider these guiding principles. We want to look at the things that you have done to get you to this place. So some of the the triggers that cause you to collect things, we've talked about how, you know, we buy things because we think they're going to make us happy, or we keep things because we're afraid that we can't part with them. So we want to get to know what our triggers are. And by now, you should probably have a pretty good idea of what triggers you to clutter. Okay. Uh, so we know that about ourselves. I also want you to remember that we're going to prioritize our values based on that motivational statement. That's why it's important that you really pare it down uh, room by room because it might be different. One, you know, what motivates you in your office might be different than, you know, relaxing in a decluttered living space with your family. So do those motivational statements for each room. Uh, we also want to talk and remind you about balance. So we talked about how. Uh, you want to have balance and don't compare yourself to magazines that you see or the things that you see on Pinterest or Instagram because those things, I don't know that they're always real, number one. And two, we don't want to come home and feel like we're inadequate or we didn't do enough. We want to live up to those motivational statements. So that's a quick reminder of the reasons why this work is important. And today we're going to look at building better habits. And before I do that, I want to express to you a very quick principle. You might have already heard it. It's the 80-20 principle. And it's basically 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people, as an example. Or you wear 20% of your clothes 80% of the time. And I think that you can find a way where it applies to the room that you're in. So if you look in the room, likely there's going to be an 80-20 principle in effect. So you might use 20% of the items in that room 80% of the time, which means that the rest of those items, 80% of those items can either be stored away or they could be labeled in an area maybe higher up that's stored in a box or in a closet where isn't, it isn't going to be visually distracting. So consider that. Really, what is it that we use and why, why do we have it in this particular room? So once you can get to that place, we're going to talk about what we're going to do with the things that we do use most of the time. So if you have 20% of your clothes that you wear 80% of the time, what are you going to do with that clothes? I mean, it might be a lot of clothes, depending on how much you have. 20% of a, a lot of clothes is still a lot of clothes. So we're going to talk about where to put it. And I want you to consider that everything should have a home. And the best way to find a home is if I asked you now, where would you find a can opener? Well, you wouldn't think, oh, I think it might be in the bedroom, or you wouldn't first look in your office. You, I mean, likely, you wouldn't look in the bathroom. You would imagine, I would imagine, that you would say, ah, that's in the kitchen drawer, or it's on the kitchen cabinet, you know, in the cabinet. 
And that gives you an idea of how you can kind of hone down that one space. You know that that can opener is likely going to be in the kitchen. That makes sense. So we want to find ways to make other things as reasonable, right? That whenever I say, where are my scissors? I know exactly where they're going to be in the back office on the third shelf down in the container where I put them. And that's where scissors go. So if you have scissors that you've used and you didn't put them away, you know that when you're doing your 10 minute tidy, you can go up there and say, ah, these go back into that box. You don't have to worry about it. So be mindful of those things. When you come across something and you say, gosh, I have these earbuds here and you know, I don't, I don't know where they go. Well, where would you look for them first? Because I would look for my earbuds in my desk drawer. That's me. That's where I would keep them because I generally use them when I'm working in my office or listening to audiobooks or whatnot. So when you come across something and you say, I don't know where this belongs, think, if I were looking for it, where would I look for it first? And generally, our minds automatically will take us to the place that makes most sense. So give that a shot. I also want you to think, that if you have something that doesn't have a home, you just don't know where it's going to be, go ahead and allow yourself to try different things. Write that thing down and say, okay, I'm going to put this gadget that I use regularly enough, but I use it in various areas. I'm going to put it here for a moment and then write that down. Because if you need it again and you don't automatically go to that place, then it's time to reconsider where you need to keep it. So an example would be, I have a a knitting gadget. And I and I use it a lot, but I don't always keep it with my knitting gear because I use it for my weaving too. So, and my weaving stuff is kept different than my knitting stuff. So, rather than have to go dig through my knitting to look for it and then dig through my weaving to look for it, I have instead found that gadgets that are multi-use like this one is goes in a different container that sits on my shelf. And I know I have uh, rulers that I use, I have slopers that I use, there are actual tools that I have that I use for different items. That's just an example that I use, but keep that in mind. If there's something that you would imagine could go in more than one place, maybe you have to find an entirely different neutral place to keep that, okay? Also, you want to look to see whether or not there's a pattern of your disorganization. So a lot of times if you check the mail, you generally will come and check the mail, open up the envelopes, leave the empty envelopes uh, on a desk, or on the dining table. So if you start to see these patterns, you want to acknowledge them and break those patterns right at that point and say, this is absolutely not where it goes, but I'm going to find this beautiful little box. And from here forth or a basket, I'm going to only put the mail in this basket. And as you get used to that, you'll find that you're going to get into the habit of putting them in there. And it may not make sense all at once, but later you can say, ah, where did I leave that piece of paper? That bill is due you know you're going to find it in the basket. The other benefit of doing that is it helps come tax time, right? If you know that you have all of those papers and it comes time for you to file them away for your tax, you know, if you have someone that does your taxes or if you, like me, have your husband do them, then I know exactly where I'm going to find those papers because after I have them in my basket, I can sit in front of the TV and then just start tossing the, the junk mail out 
and then my basket isn't as full. There's very little mail that I actually keep because most of it is just advertisements or they're things that I can take a photo snap of and then keep them organized or a different way. But the actual paper I'm finding I don't necessarily keep unless it's tax related or business related. So keep that in mind. There are going to be patterns that you have that do not suit you. You've got to find a solution for them. And the first step is to find a container. What makes the most sense? Find a home for that thing. Okay. So once we get into the habit of doing this, I had mentioned a daily 10 minute tidy. I, this is a habit that I've had and I have, I've had it for forever. In fact, my kids still know that I say this. I used to tell them, I want you to clean the house like the queen is coming. And they hated when the queen was coming. The queen never came, by the way. That's when they knew, like, I mean, we are going to scour this place. But if they knew, I just said, I need a 10 minute tidy. I would put the timer on and they had to clean. They had to tidy everything up and it was a race and it actually can be done rather quickly. On occasion, I have to do a 10 minute tidy in two different rooms. So I'll do like, I'm going to do the front part of the house, 10 minutes, but I know that if I've been working on a project that's going to take me a little bit longer, then that's not included, obviously. So consider having that as a new ritual that you do in the evenings before you go to bed, a 10 minute tidy. So that when you wake up in the morning, you're not going to come downstairs or out of your room to a mess that you left the night before. The other thing that I find uh, that is handy for me is I leave notes to myself. If I'm in the middle of a project at five o'clock, because I work from home or at the shop, if I know that I have an order that has to be filled and sent out the next morning, I will leave a note to myself because Part of my ADD is forgetfulness. And it, I've had this for as long as I can remember, which is kind of ironic, but I've had to leave notes for myself. You know, that I remember that this is what you were doing. You didn't finish so that tomorrow you can come up. Otherwise, if I just put everything away in drawers and made it all look nice and tidy, you would think that would look clear and that I would come downstairs into my office the next morning and have a, a real fresh start. But the reality is I can't remember what I was working on. <laughs> Unless I have a little note that says, you know, start here. And then I have a bullet list of things that I'm covering. And then once I get in the flow, I remember like, oh, yes, this is this is what I'm working on. So I hope that that makes sense. But these are just some of the habits I want you to begin to uh, establish in your home. And you might find that there are other things that make sense to you. But most importantly, find a home for it, find a place that makes sense. And then can you remember to put it in its home every time? Because that's part of the habit building, right? If I have those scissors in the living room, it makes no sense. I absolutely have to put them in the container where they go. So notice these habits as they're starting to develop. And it's also part of the habit building is you have to take responsibility for that. If I made a mess, I take responsibility for the mess. And I take responsibility for developing the structure and creating the habits and I have the control. Early on, we talked about how very little we can control. I can't control the weather. I can't control politics, but I can control my clutter in my home. So if you're willing to do the work, I can tell you that it'll be very worth your while. So let's start there. And then if you hop over to the email that you received, I have a little exercise for you about anchoring and we'll, um, give that a shot. I do encourage that you do it. It might sound a little hokey, but the anchoring exercise is really, really precious to me and it works. So give it a shot and we will talk again tomorrow, day five.